0: Me a favor. You read this to me.
1: He who has felt the deepest grief is best able to experience the supreme happiness. We must have felt what it is to die that we may appreciate living. Oh, your knees.
0: After years of oppression, unfair oppression, sweet revenge.
2: you're listening to TV Zone Podcast presents Lovecraft Country, developed by Misha Green, who also serves as an executive producer. The drama horror Lovecraft Country is about a young African-American war veteran who travels across the 1950s segregated United States in search of his missing father. This series is not only about the survival, both the racist terror of white America, but also the horrific emerging Lovecraft monsters. So today we're talking about episode six, Meet Me in Daegu. I'm your host, Zena Dixon. Joining me are my two co-hosts, Jay Giles, TV Zone podcast. Hello, hello. And Jinx, writer at Blade discussing and host of Scream Addicts.
1: Hello, how are you all?
2: We're doing great. I know you didn't ask me, but I just had to tell you. So um, I've been trying to be, you know, get a lot better with giving you guys like those quick synopsis um, each episode. But as you all know already with Lovecraft, you know, they pack so much information within these episodes. And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it is hard to grasp everything. But don't get me wrong. I love it. But it, it is a little bit frustrating. Frustrating because I want more. You know what I mean? No. Okay. All right. So,
1: <laughs> I feel like the episode has completely drained us. Like we introduced ourselves, we were like, "Hey, how's it going? I'm I'm Jenks. How's it, how was your weekend? Eh,
2: right?
1: You know." And that, that's uh, I, I I feel like I've had nine foxtails, like attached to my eyes, just draining the life out of me. So I apologize for my part.
2: No. Uh, that's how I feel. Like, I really do. Like, I, I enjoy the episode, but it was a lot. You know, um, but OK, but let me just give a quick synopsis and then we'll go in. So on this episode, it's set. Well, I was going to say it's 1979. <laughs> it's not. It's 1949. And we are in Daegu, South Korea. We finally meet Gia and her mother and we see that they're struggling. And this is around, this is during the time of, um, the Korean war. And Gia, she's a nursing student and she crosses paths with Atticus and he's wounded and he has no memory at all of their first really violent encounter. So that's, that's kind of what was going on. And, and there's, there's, there's tales and in it and you know, kimchi you know there's just there's there's a lot there's dancing oh something I think is pretty cool is you know this is another genre that we're in I love the opening you know um they're going through all the classic type of genres so um I believe that they were trying to play off of a Judy Garland movie what was it uh Meet Me in St. Louis Mm -hmm. was she watching in theaters when we first met uh Gia so yeah all right um so what are your thoughts let's get into it let's talk let's let's uh let's go
1: how about that opening i mean you mentioned meet me in st louis i think that was so like that was a great way to open the episode and to introduce that character because up until this point we've had like you know there's a little trepidation in meeting this person because she is kind of attached to all of this darkness that we imagine was in Tick's past and to have her introduced in kind of a solemn way in the first couple of seconds and then as soon as the uh the other theater patron is out of the way. Like she's up in the aisle, she's dancing, you know, along with what's going on the screen. It's just kind of like this infectiously kind of joyous moment, and then all of a sudden, you like, it, to me anyway, like you you sort of like almost immediately fall in love with that character, and uh, and then boy, it it does go downhill from there. Like it is it is a dark episode, but I I love that it started out on that note. It was a great way to sort of pull the rug out from well, this viewer anyway, right.
0: Um. yeah um, it, it was I thought it was an interesting way to introduce this character because so far up until this point we've just heard her over the telephone um, and everything so in a way she's kind of loomed over the season to some degree and now we're actually getting to see her get her backstory see where everything from her point of view um, and how she connects to everything really. And it was interesting to see them, you know, kind of burst out with this whole dance number and, and whatnot. Mm. And now I have a question for you guys. Now, was that dance number real or did she kind of just imagine that in her head?
2: I, I
1: thought that she, Oh, what's that? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I imagine it was in her head because it, it, it does kind of that abrupt cut from what we're seeing to her just sitting in the chair again, looking kind of solemn, like, you know, the, the first moment that we saw her.
2: Right. I I agree. It just seemed like it was just more of just a dream. And sadly her life wasn't, you know, she doesn't have a magical, whimsical life where she dances and sings. Okay.
1: But she should.
2: Yeah, (laughs) she she really should. Because when we kind of learn about her backstory, um, she is, I don't know how you pronounce it, I might butcher it, uh, but is it K- Kumiho or K- Kumuho? It,
1: I think she pronounced the once. I, I tried to listen carefully for one pronunciation, and uh, I think when she was speaking with her mother, didn't she say like Kumiho or something like Kumiho. that?
2: Okay. And basically, it's like a nine-tailed uh, fox spirit that can be summoned in the form of a woman, and uh, basically it avenged the wrong... Uh, doings by men. So unfortunately, Gia, she was, uh, sexually abused by her stepfather. And, um, her mother was the one who summoned this thing. And, um, so we kind of, we kind of touched on it. I, I believe just a little bit, or maybe we didn't. I was probably just imagining that, but basically, uh, she needs to take the souls of 100 men for, um, the daughter to be back in her body fully. So it's not really Gia. I mean, it is. That's, that's the Gia that we know, but there, it's the actual spirit that's in there. Um, but yeah, it, it, it has to collect the souls of a hundred men. And when she meets Tick, um, Tick is, you know, he's supposed to be that hundred, you know, but yeah, uh, she kind of falls in love with him. And I'm not going to lie, even though he did do something really horrible, you know, I thought it was really
0: sweet what he kind of set up for her in the tent with the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that was, that was nice. Um, how, because you think it's going one way, and then it turns into, oh, you know, his friend is up there like manning the freaking projector and everything, and it's just a two-seater. And, you know, it's like she really, you can see like the the joy on her face because right. I, I don't think anyone had in her life up to that point, had, you know show her any type of affection like that? Not even her mother, I don't think. Mm-hmm. So.
1: okay, I gotta tell you, if anybody shoots my best friend in the head in front of me, like <laughs> I love movies, it's gonna take more than like a special <laughs> after hours viewing oh, of a Judy Garland okay. movie to win me back over. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just saying.
2: Technically, he didn't shoot her right in front of her, like her face. Hmm. He just knocked her out with the gun. Then he tortured her where she couldn't see. So that makes it kind My
1: My, my bad. <laughs> it, I, I, that's, 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 I, but, but, but he did shoot somebody. He did execute somebody right in front of her. Like, um, and it's like, that is such a different side of that character that we haven't seen up until this point. It makes me wonder, like, what else we don't know about him? Because the, the, the tick that we're introduced to in the opening moments of the show is, is soft-spoken and kind and understanding and, you know, like, he is the traditional hero, you know, of the show. And, you know, y- you 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 can have these stories, you can have these shows where you show men changed by war, you know, the, there's that idea of war is hell, right? And uh y- we've seen characters before kind of carry that darkness with them. The thing is, is that what Tick does in this is something that, I, I'm mixing up wars here, I know, but his behavior is what you expect to see from a Nazi in a war film, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. cold, impassionate walk up to somebody and execute them. And it means nothing to him. And so it's, it's to me, it's almost a bigger step beyond. Yes, this is a man who was in a war and this is a guy who had to do some, you know, morally gray things. Like that's not even morally gray. Like what he did was execute a nurse without knowing if she was guilty or not of the crime that they were, sort of weighing against everybody that they brought out to the middle of nowhere and put on their knees. Like that is And it it just, and don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking the storytelling port. I think it's kind of fascinating, but it's just, it kind of serves to show we audience members that we might not know this guy as well as we think we do. And I'm, I'm very curious to see if that winds up getting paid off down the line.
0: Um, I believe it will. Um, 'cause because I, I would have to say we have to go back to letty's vision of him when she was in the room and the whole thing about the snake you know he I, I think he is there there's something dark in him and i know they can't just they can't just leave us with oh he you know got this power in this one moment and crumbles a mansion or whatnot and we're never going to come back to that again they have to because that has to be in him and the whole birthright thing and also too i mean we'll talk about a little later but we're gonna talk about why he was spared from being number 100
2: too Mm -hmm. so and i guess for me something i was going to say um like with this episode like i agree um well first i agree with you jason oh my god not jason who is that i don't know with you jinx that um, <laughs> when it comes to, I'm sorry, I'm just all over the place today. But this episode really got you, didn't it? It really <laughs> did. Like, it was just like, it was a lot. But it's like, I'm still trying to like, it took me a while too. So I, I watched it about twice, you know, to like make sure that like, I was able to, to actually grasp what was, you know, what's going on. And I feel that you know this episode it really does like examine what it's like to be a monster because with Gia as an example, she's taking the souls of men and um, but it's not like she's really enjoying um, the killing you know it just seems like it's something that that she does because she has to her mother's really encouraging <laughs> encouraging her to do that you know but at the same time her mother she just wants to protect her daughter. But thinking about because she obviously she didn't do it with when it came with, you know, her husband to her husband. Right. Mm. And then even when it comes to Atticus, like, I feel like this really does put him in a whole different light because he had no type of remorse on his face at all. It wasn't like hesitant. He wasn't. He was looking the girl dead in her eyeballs when he pulled the trigger. You know, so this is a different. This is a different guy from what we're used to seeing. Um, But at the same time, it's like kind of like what you said, Jay, where it's like there is darkness in him. Because even what we know about him, yeah, he's the one that decided to volunteer for the military. Because um, the guy that Tick was hanging out with, he's the one that also brought that up again. He volunteered. And the reason why he volunteered was because his father was being super abusive towards him. And just just really his whole violent life, right? So we know why Montrose was being that way towards him because his father was like that towards him. And I think that his dad, Montrose's father, he probably knew that his son was gay. And maybe that's why he was doing that because Uncle George, he didn't experience that, you know? And so because Montrose is used to this, this violent upbringing, he had no choice, but i not, he had a choice, but it's like, he just, he still decided to bring that into his child's life. And he did decide to marry a woman to, I guess, you know, keep people from talking. And I, I feel like he, he knew, or he, I don't, well, we never really received a clear answer if that's his son or not. Maybe it is, but I, I think that he's upset and stuff. So the point is, um, it's it's like we're dealing with a lot of monsters. We're like surrounded by that. But at the same time, what I think is really interesting with Jaya, uh, Gia, I'm sorry, um, she is capable of love because she loves Atticus. And then with Atticus, just last week, he was, you know, asking... Um, Letty to not be afraid of him. So it's just like, I'm not saying he's a monster. But I do think I mean, because perhaps now he's trying to change. But maybe when he was over, you know, in Korea, it was a completely different, you know, story over there. So I think that perhaps he was, you know, hopefully that makes sense. I feel like I've been a little choppy. No, I think you're right.
1: And I, I think it's a really interesting parallel to draw between the two because, I mean, essentially this episode was about monsters in love, you know, at least in that situation. And, um, yeah, and we've seen him, like, I mean, he nearly beat his father half, half to death in, what, an episode or two ago. So, right. you know, we know that that guy is, he's not a clear cut hero in the way that we think. Think the, Or maybe we thought he was going to be from the time we were introduced to him. But I don't know. I, what do you think Letty would make of that sort of revelation? Because there's the understanding that, you know, if men come back from war and they say that they had to do terrible things, one imagines that it's killing on the battlefield. And that's kind of expected from war. You know, you can't really well, I mean, I suppose you can, but I mean, that's what's expected from soldiers on the field. You know, you, you kill the enemy in the, you know, service of a greater good, presumably. That's not really the case with what Tick was doing. Tick was torturing, you know, people. Tick executed uh, a, a nurse who was likely innocent, you know. That's 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 very different from uh, simply, you know, what, what we expect from soldiers when they say that, you know, they had to do bad things. And I'm just wondering if Letty will ever find out about that side of him and what that'll mean for, you know, their kind of burgeoning relationship.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would assume so, because it, it's kind of leading down that path. Why right? we're getting, you know, this whole thing of where there is something deep and dark about Atticus that we don't know, but uh, Gia, she she knows what it is because she, I think she knows something about him that he doesn't even really know about himself. And Mm -hmm. I think that has something to do with why he was spared at the end of the episode. And probably why now it kind of makes sense why he's always making those phone calls to her because he's trying to figure out like (laughs) what exactly, you know, how exactly is he supposed to die and, and what is it? you know about mm-hmm. him um and everything so it, it it just a interesting episode to kind of sit and watch um and it's kind of funny it, it kind of put me in the mind frame i don't know if uh either one of you watched the uh, west world or not but um that series is kind of all over the place in a way but there was one particular episode that we got a similar you know kind of going over to another um culture in a way and experiencing things through that culture and how they have to deal with certain things and I thought this episode did a really good job in terms of that too of because you know from the first five episodes we get you know how American you know deal with racism and everything classism and stuff like that and then you're thrust into another country and doing a wartime and how they have to deal with certain things and i don't know if you guys caught it or not but there seem to be a few parallels to how we deal with stuff in america to how other countries even though it's it's different but there were some similarities
1: mm-hmm. yeah and i wonder too like i i wonder how tick is kind of defined now, after this episode, by his relationships. Because, you know, how have we been watching this show the entire time and kind of, like, secretly shipping he and Letty, you know? And then they finally get together, and it's like, oh, that's perfect! And now, after the revelations in this episode... It, and that's what's so great about this episode, in a way, in one sort of very deft move in the space of an hour. They've completely kind of shifted what we thought about that character and provided kind of a counter to him that makes more sense in a way than than Letty for him. Because in a way, like to me, it seems like the, the person that Tick wants to be belongs with Letty, I think. Right. But the person that he might actually be... I think probably belongs more with Gia. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Because, and I was really rooting for, you know, him and Letty, but at this point, like, it's just <laughs> like, kind of like I was t- telling you guys before, like, I think that he was just, that he might be confused and, you know, i um, not saying that he doesn't care about Letty, but she is right there. I mean, ever since he left Korea, G, G has always been on his mind. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and then even with that, she was um, he dreamed about her, you know, when we first saw her and she was red, like this red girl, you know, and then even with the hallucination in Artem. So, I don't know. I I I just I'm wondering. I mean, I feel like it's it's now kind of hitting in a different light, um, because perhaps maybe he should have listened to her. Yeah
0: and maybe he should have stayed stayed over there actually
1: yeah yeah he kind of I, <laughs> I mean in a weird way this is probably going too far astray but I mean you know again going back to the notion that war is hell like with some of the stuff that he's done and the fact that he found you know he he kind of found his perfect complement in Gia in a way like again they're both kind of monsters in a way like yeah, <sighs> In a way, that place, I think, is kind of hell for him, mm-hmm. but I I think he, you know, at least that version of him that we saw in this past episode, he kind of deserves that in a way, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I wonder if he wouldn't have been ultimately more content, because, again, I, want, I wonder in this episode, like, if it doesn't show us that the tick that we thought we knew is maybe more of a projection of... Uh, who he wants to be, you know, the entire time we're like, you know, he belongs maybe in Florida. He belongs in Chicago. He belongs with his family. He belongs on these adventures. He belongs to America, you know? And now after this episode, it's like, well, maybe, maybe not, you know, maybe, maybe that's what he thinks he wants, but maybe deep down, like, you know, he he belongs to Gia in a way, and he belongs to that world instead. It, it makes more sense to me, I think. But at the same time, I still I still like the character, and I'm still rooting for him to be happy, no matter what that what form that happiness ultimately winds up taking. I, I do think it is interesting. I read uh, I didn't do a whole lot of research, but I kind of uh, looked up that character, and if what I read is correct, apparently this backstory. And that character, it never appeared in the source novel. So I'm also kind of wondering if Gia is ultimately going to have that much of an impact on the overall story if she wasn't a creation of the novel or if her backstory wasn't really, uh, you know, if it wasn't a part of the novel, I wonder how much it can affect the uh, this adaptation. Uh, and maybe, you know, maybe the entire adaptation will account for that. Maybe she'll have a huge impact on how things wrap up. I hope so. But mm. I I wonder...
0: Yeah, um, I'm kind of glad you brought that up because it, it kind of got me thinking after this episode, too. It's like, is it possible we could get Gia in America? Because, <laughs> because, And the reason why I say that is because you don't dedicate a whole episode to this character. And it's just, oh, well, you'll never see her again type thing. You know? Right. I I do
1: kind of like I love the idea that we had this one shot to underscore like a character that we've only heard about up until this point. It's like, you know, they kept teasing it, teasing it, teasing it. And then finally, it's like, you know what? We're just going to make this the Gia show for an hour. And I kind of love that. But at the same time, have you all seen the um, the preview for next week's episode? Yes.
2: Yes, I did. (laughs)
1: So, that seems like it's also going to be more of a one-shot, you know, uh, about Hippolyta. And I'm wondering, like, as much as I like this episode and as much as I'm looking forward to next week's because I love that character, part of me also wonders if there's maybe... you know, we've talked about this show moving like a bat out of hell, and it's amazing that it reinvents itself every episode and does something completely different. And, you know, I, I, I probably should be more willing to just fully trust what the show's doing at this point. But I'm also, you know, part of me is itching to see the main story start right. moving forward again, you know? And I'm, I'm wondering if by having two sort of one-offs back-to-back, and maybe next week will prove to not even be that, I don't know, but that's certainly what it looks like. I'm wondering if the show is going to start feeling like it's, kind of spinning its wheels a bit you know because i just i we're already well into the season i kind of want to see the plot accelerate a bit i kind of want more revelations to start happening about what the main story is and instead i feel like we don't really know that much more about really what the hell's going on than we did like two or three episodes ago you know yeah
2: and to be honest with you like that's how i feel as well and i think that's what i was um telling you guys even before we started that you know this this episode it, it was a lot you know and I say that because we received so much new information which I'm I really am I'm living for I felt I feel like we needed this you know and Jamie Chung she's just amazing you know truth be told she did a great job in the you know in this episode um but I do want to know what's going on you know with the main with the main story with the main characters can we please move forward with that because I feel like we're kind of like just kind of just hung out to dry, you know? And even though I know that we'll we'll finally see Hippolyta, but the last time we really saw her, was that on episode three or four? Uh, it's been a while. Well, which, okay. It had to be four because
0: four is the episode where they go on the adventure. So yeah, it, yeah, it had to be episode is, four. Yeah.
2: And it was like no one was curious, you know, about her. Like, where did she go? <laughs> like, they didn't, they didn't ask. And then finally, episodes later, we're going. To, they're asking that question, and which, you know, next week it looks really great. I just don't want to seem like I wasn't a fan of this episode, um, episode six. I'm just saying it was, it was a lot. And even though there were a lot of questions answered, because even with, um, with Gia, she's not what I thought. But obviously not in a bad way, because even with that scene when, you know, um, her tales cannot contain in her and they actually come out, that's a good way to put it. You know, she begins to see like, you know, Atticus, like his um, his past, you know, and then as well as his future and just flashes. And I think it's pretty cool how we saw him you know when he's headed back to chicago and then we saw like letty's face and then we ultimately see is it his death i mean if she could see the future and honestly i feel like it was it was a pretty tales aside it was a pretty scary scene you know um where she's just like okay you want to know more about that but then it's just kind of like even at this point with with atticus i'm surprised that He's as surprised with all the stuff that happened to him, knowing what he saw with with Chia. So I, you know, I, I don't know. I just think, you know, he he would act all surprised and scared and out of breath. And honestly, I feel like this should be like a walk in the park for him.
0: Well, I mean, it's,
1: it's different. Yeah, because because what has he seen up until this point? That's as bad as that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, come on. They were coming out of her eyeballs, out of her nose out of her mouth, her ears they were all like spider-like and furry and then what I think is insane is that when we first see that she brings like Gia brings home a man right I don't know if you guys saw this but I was screaming okay like I don't understand I guess he just didn't care he just wanted to get it on but she literally lights one candle and when she does that the rest of them like they're lit how and he didn't ask any questions. He just took his pants off.
0: I hey. couldn't I... like he wasn't thinking clearly, of course, at that point. Clearly time.
2: not, and that's why he died.
0: And, and what's funny, but I actually recognized the actor, uh, James uh, Kyson, Um or he he played on the TV show uh, Heroes, by the way. He played uh, the character Heroes' best friend. So when I saw him, I was like, "What is he doing here?" And everything like it's like okay oh he's in there was like oh my god he uh like they got him in and they got him out in a, in a terrible way yeah like,
2: they got him in and got him out but that was a really great scene though it, it was pretty pretty magical yeah he that
1: was that was a bad date
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, especially for him
1: <laughs> but it's
0: not
2: for him oh. Uh. Oh my God. The way the blood just splattered on her like she just cut on the shower. Like that yeah. was insane.
0: That 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 reminded me of that scene from um Hostel. <laughs> I think it was you had a second one with a woman with the the blood uh, oh blood, the, when she was in the bathtub and had the girl the hung Countess
1: up Yeah mm-hmm. and,
0: and sliced all and then the blood spill all over
2: it's like geez. It, it, it gave me flashbacks to that. But, yeah. So a quick question yeah. for you guys. Uh, because we seem like we're all on the same page, but we felt that this episode was a lot. Um, I just kind of want to know, you know, overall, what are your thoughts? What was it? What was the scene that really stood out for you?
0: Um, for me, I mean, it it, it would have to be that 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 scene with Gia and uh, and uh, our boy, you know, in the in the terrible the date going wrong. Because you you just you know it's going one way, but then they come you you remember oh this is Lovecraft you know they're gonna spin it on it some type of way and boy did they ever with I mean when those tentacles start coming i was like what? wait what? i was like wait what what's going on here <laughs> what is this I'm like wait a minute <laughs> like because at first I thought she was transforming into something else and then it's like oh mm-hmm. okay, it's just tentacle I thought she was you know like she was gonna burst open and it was gonna be like something from the thing or something. That's what, that's what I was thinking, but it wasn't. It was just the tentacles it did and did how it just had him up and then just splash. It's like yeah, that 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 really stuck with me.
2: <laughs> that's a
0: crazy. Me,
1: I, um, you know, it, it was a quiet moment, but I, uh, I really liked the sort of confrontation between Tick and Gia. Mm-hmm. Once she reveals that you know she knows who he is and what he did, and you know which is a surprise for him because he had no idea that you know I'm sure he didn't even remember her, and you know again kind of these uh, two broken people who have done monstrous things like sort of having a weird kind of understanding. You know, there's a way that that scene would have played kind of cheaply, I think, because I do think there is an acceptance there that. It's still, even for what's there, I think is a little too quick, Mm -hmm. but the acting and the writing is so great that you just kind of go with it anyway. It's like, okay, I can, I can buy this because, you know, she hates him for the monstrous thing that he did, but she can recognize in him why he did those things because she can see that in herself, you know? And so there's kind of, I love that moment of acceptance between the two where they're both hurt and angry, but still obviously kind of in love with one another.
2: Right. Yeah. Um, I I really like the scene. Um, when th- this was the last. Well, this was right before. Um, Gia saw Atticus's like his future, and they were just reading. And he told her how you know he was able to you know he can go back home, and he wanted to bring her with him. You know. Um, but she was saying how there's a lot that you don't know about me and. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? She tried to warn him. But you know, it it was you know, because sometimes you'll you'll see that on romantic comedies. Like there's a lot about my past that you don't know. I was hurt. I was hurt real bad. And you know, she probably cheated on someone, or you know, she ran away when she was supposed to get married, or she has like a lot of like student loans. I don't know, but no, <laughs> she tried. <laughs> This is far worse. She transforms into a monster. Like, how can I explain this to anyone? You know?
0: This this is not the notebook. (laughs) This is
2: not. not. It's not. But And that's why I, I love it because it's like the mixing of the genres because I almost forgot that she was some wild, hairy beast. And, you know, so it's just it's just really cool to see um, to see that and like I do feel like the two complement each other. Um, I don't know though if they should be together because um, not that not because that could create a disaster, but just because clearly Atticus he is trying to change. It seems you know he's trying to be a better person. Um, not saying that he has to be with with Letty. But I do think that him being with um with Gia, that might not be a great thing because that's he's not the same person. That's all I'm saying. You kind of should just leave the past in the past.
1: I don't think he... I don't think there's a happy ending for him where he winds up with Gia. I think it all depends on whether or not it's triumph or tragedy for Tick. I think if it's triumph mm-hmm. and his better nature wins out then I think he earns a happy future with Letty. But I think ultimately if he kind of falls prey to, you know, that darker side of himself, I I can't see him winding up with Gia because that in its own way would be kind of a reward. But if it goes the more tragic route, like I don't see him living with Gia, but I could see him dying with her, you know? Mm. Um, But who knows? I'm very curious. Again, I, I wonder if we'll even see her in America. I wonder if that's, that's what they're going towards. And also, like, you know, and now I'm even floating the idea of, like, Tick dying. I just wonder if this is a finite story, like, they're just going to adapt the book and that's it, or if they're planning on sort of stretching beyond the events of the book and giving us a second and third and fourth season. Um, I'd be very curious to see.
2: I'm hoping that they do not kill him off. Mm. Just because I feel like there's just so much you could... do with him I haven't read the read the book yet but you know it seems like they've been changing some things from what I've been hearing so I'm hoping that they continue to do that even as far as it goes with the ending
0: well I, I'll say this if they're going to introduce what we've kind of been alluding to for some time now time travel um they could kill him off and if they decide to bring the show back You know, time travel and bring him back. So Mm, I mean look I I mean look look plus also too look at Game of Thrones. They killed off Jon Snow and fans were pissed about that and they had to bring that character back. So (laughs) I do I don't I don't want to see
1: Tick die, but at the same time like he in you know, he owes kind of a karmic debt now that we weren't aware of. Like he he needs to redeem himself in a way. And I'm very curious to see like w- whether or not that happens and what form it takes. If he does.
2: Hmm. Okay. And do you guys have any final thoughts about this episode?
0: Um, Just be careful who you go home with. Uh, you never know <laughs> <laughs> what, what's going to, what's going to happen. <laughs> You know, you thinking, you thinking one thing, next thing you know, you got eight or twelve tentacles coming at you. and, and yeah. Ew. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man. Mm.
1: Um, I I really dug it. I loved it. I loved it as a one shot. I I love that we finally got to see that character and you know discover her backstory. And now she seems kind of like uh, an indispensable part of the story. Now, like, I can't wait to see how they bring her in the later episodes and hope they do. Um, I still, you know, I have a couple of questions. Like, I don't, some of the language in the show made it seem as though the person that we know in the, uh, in the episode is just the Kamiho and that's it, you know, but then at other times, like there's some dialogue that makes it seem like, well, no, her daughter is there too. And the Kamiho is almost just like a function of, you know, the curse. So I'm wondering, like, is is that Gia and she just has kind of like a monster on her back? Or is it the monster wearing Gia's skin? And, you know, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm very curious to know more about the nature of that curse. Mm-hmm.
2: So, That's a good question.
0: So basically you're saying that maybe she's like Venom in a way?
1: Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I could see it being like a symbiotic thing where, okay, so the Kamiho inhabited Gia, you know, and did what it did to, to, you know, avenge her and the the mother against the stepfather. But I'm wondering, like, you know, 90% of the time, is it Gia walking around? Like, is it, you know, definitely Gia who you know, that we come to know and who fell in love with Tick, uh, or is the Camijo merely in like, so is it symbiotic in that way? Or is the person that we're knowing like a nine tailed Fox spirit who just looks like, Hmm. you know, this, this daughter. And, uh, and so, and if that would be the case, then exactly what is the nature of like the end of that curse? You know, once the hundred souls are claimed, uh, you know, does does is it a matter of Gia getting rid of the curse and now she's fine? Or is it a matter of the Kamiho becoming human or the Kamiho leaving and Gia's spirit coming back and, and inhabiting her? Like, I wish they had just spent a little more time, like, sort of outlining what the nature of that curse is.
2: hmm
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: I think what I think is, uh, okay, well, first I have a couple of things. I did really like the episode, but um, like you both, it left me with a lot of questions. Um, even when it comes to uh, with Gia and she was asking the question with, you know, for Atticus to see he, if he's going to die. And we never, you know, hear anything um, back from the shaman or anything. So I'm really hoping that they will, that she will come to America, that we'll see her again. I'm pretty sure that we will. Um, but then also what I think is, is crazy, and I meant to say it earlier, but I just went down a rabbit hole. Um, with Atticus being, we, we saw like a different side of Atticus, right? And there's a lot of anger in there. What I think is pretty strange is how um, when we see him after that, after his, his violent act with Chia's friend, um, what was her name? Young, Young Ja? Yep. Um, with her... We we see him struggling to read in his glasses, you know, because because his glasses are broken and he's just having a fit over there on his bed because he can't read his book. (laughs) And clearly he's in a lot of pain. There's a lot of stuff that's going on. And it's just like, okay, that is a different guy right there. You know, you're having a a tantrum right now. And. um, Things sometimes, again, with the show, not saying I'm right, but it's always just it doesn't seem like they're not what they seem. So because of that, I'm just wondering if he was placed there to meet her. You know?
0: yeah, no I, I, yeah I know exactly what you mean. Um... so
2: I don't know it was that was just a thought. and then I'm sorry, one more thing. Um, again, with jamie with Jamie Chong, her performance, she's just she's just amazing. and obviously we know that this isn't her first um horror movie. You know, I really love Sorority Row, by the way. I feel like people need to put some respect on that movie because it's great. I like that movie. <laughs> it's great. And um, just the last thing is I always wondered, too, with, with Gia and her friend, um, Young ja I always thought that they were a little bit more than friends. Didn't they seem like they had a thing for each other? Well, yeah, because how
0: she rubbed her on the... Like, how she takes her hand and she would rub her. But they would never show you, like... How she, what she was doing? They would always keep it on them, but they would. All you would see is her take her hand, flip it over, but you knew she was doing something because Jill would look down, but they never showed you. So yeah, Mm -hmm. it did kind of seem like there was more to them than just being, you know, friends. So
2: hmm. right.
1: Yeah, uh, it's funny you mentioned a moment ago about tick uh, reading. And it occurred to me, um has Tech ever needed glasses before in the show to read?
2: Well, in the beginning when yeah, we on the first episode I remember he had glasses.
0: Yeah, when he was on the bus. Yeah, but it,
1: it seems like as as it's gone on, like it it like even the last episode when he was uh translating, you know, the book. I it seems like and maybe it's post uh post second episode, like whatever powers he were given, maybe it gave him twenty twenty, you know? Uh that'd be you know, maybe there's a very Spider Man thing happening there where it just uh it improved him in that way. I don't know.
2: Okay.
1: Cause I thought otherwise maybe Maybe he doesn't actually need the glasses. Maybe it was a great ruse for him to sort of, you know, draw over the pretty nurse to read to him. True. But, you know, hey, well done. Um. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but don't have a tantrum. Like, that's not attractive. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get attention but, somehow. But, okay, do you guys have any other
0: thoughts? Uh, well, I actually have one. Um, now, for either one of you, do did the relationship between Gia and her mother feel like, kind of like Carrie and her mother in a way, where the mother was like forcing her to be a certain way or trying to be like, totally. you know, you're gonna get your heart broken. You know, they don't care about you, and, They're and all gonna laugh at you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was waiting on her to kill her mother. Really, I was waiting on that to happen, but it never happened. So I
1: uh <laughs> yeah, I could totally see that.
2: I thought that perhaps she would try to kill her mother because that could be the hundred person, <laughs> you know, soul, but I guess yeah, not. it
0: just said a hundred souls, so you say who, right? I guess we'll be a hundred men, I, I suppose. Right. So, yeah.
2: Okay.
0: And do you think, I, I Yeah, I have
1: questions about the hundred men thing, or a hundred people <laughs> thing, because you know what? Like, I, did nobody notice? <laughs> like, <all these laughs> you just disappear, once. I mean, just, Hey, not for nothing, I but this little not. speed dating camp that we have over here, there's like a, a one in ten chance you're going to disappear <laughs> off the face of the earth if you get a date through this place. Maybe go somewhere else. I no.
2: mean, I guess people
0: would drunk, you know? <laughs> no, no. See, you know what it reminded me of? She, she was basically the huntress from Death by Temptation.
2: Oh my gosh, <laughs> she was! <laughs> 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 that's what she wants well, maybe that's what should have happened to them
0: yeah, we just needed a Dougie to show up and you know do some investigating
2: Dougie oh man but yeah, yeah do you guys
0: cool.
2: have anything else? Uh, you know I actually like to watch this that...
0: episode again I have to watch it again <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> I really do <laughs> I really do I definitely can understand why Okay. All right. Well, Jinx, we'll start with you. Can you let our audience know where we can find you on social media?
1: Me? I am uh, on Twitter. That is at Jinx1981. I'm on Instagram, something, something, whatever it is, like Jinx740941. I got to figure out a way to fix that. Um, And other than that, you can find my other podcast, Scream Addicts, uh, at ScreamAddicts.com or... Uh, also on Twitter, at Scream Addicts. We just started something this week that's um, a little bit different for the show. Uh, it's <laughs> so, for anybody, I'm sorry, this is a shameless plug. You can completely edit all of this out if you want. Uh, <clears throat> so, Scream Addicts is a show where I invite on a creative and horror, and they choose a single movie that they love, and we chat about it at length for about an hour. We're doing something like I, I want to start messing with the the, the the format a bit, and so myself and a guy named Paul Farrell are doing this thing called because I love puns called "Getting Hammered with Hammer," <laughs> wherein we 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 sit down with a hammer horror film and we play a drinking game, and we provide a running commentary while getting uh, ever more inebriated. And the first episode just went up. We completely failed the premise because Paul chose uh, beer. Uh, instead of like a harder liquor so neither one of us are actually drunk by the end of the episode but uh, it's fun enough to listen to because I absolutely despise beer and uh, it's it's just absolutely torturous but I think it's a lot of fun, the upcoming episodes uh, we've got about six in the can, uh, they get uh, steadily more entertaining the drunker we get so hopefully people can check that out and let us know what they think
2: okay and what about you
0: Jay? Um, of course I'm all over uh tv zone podcast network uh but if you want to get in contact with me of course uh you can check me out on the twitter at my personal page the J giles or my movie account jmovietalk movie talk as well
2: and you guys can find me on Twitter, lovely Zena, and I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and Israel Real Queen of Horror. And just so you guys know, um, if you guys are interested in checking out Lovecraft Country, say for some reason you're like, I'm not going to watch it. I'm just going to listen to this show. That's really great. But say if you want to watch it, it <laughs> airs every Sunday. <laughs> Stop. I'm trying to which, be serious. Which listener sounds like that? <laughs> I need to know. I don't know.
1: They may not listen after that.
2: I don't know, but okay. It airs every Sunday on HBO at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you have... I, please do. Jay, it's your turn. You have to do that special thing. Peace.
0: for you, I can't forget you, you wonderful you, you're like a breath of spring, a whole new thing has happened. Without much ado, I look at you.